0: Hello, listeners. This is Kevin Stevenson, and you're with me on "I Don't Care," courtesy of Market Scale Radio. We're so happy to have you with us today. Uh, you can always uh, hear the uh, podcast on Spotify and iTunes. It's usually dropped pretty soon after the show airs at 9:30 Central Time on Market Scale Radio. So. Um, our world is in a really strange place right now. We've got this uh, this real challenge called COVID-19, and um, the producers asked me, you know, hey, we want to do some content on COVID-19, and so I was more than happy to do that. But you know, here uh, on I don't care, we like to do things a little bit differently. We like to take a different tactic. When it comes to certain topics, and so rather than go straight to the healthcare community to talk about COVID nineteen, I thought about you know what what is public education's response to COVID nineteen. So I made a made a phone call to uh, a dear friend of mine, uh, Amanda Bigby, who is with Keller Independent School District, and she graciously has uh, uh, offered to share some of their you know, some of their processes, their decision making, and some of the things that they're still trying to figure out. And so whenever we come back, uh, we'll have Amanda Bigby with us here on I Don't Care. And we're back with I Don't Care with Kevin Stevenson. And uh, we've got a really interesting topic tonight. Uh, Surprise, we're talking about COVID-19. But instead of taking it from a purely healthcare perspective, I wanted to bring in a really good friend of mine, and it's not going to surprise my listeners that it's another Baylor graduate. (laughs) This is Amanda Bigby. Amanda, say hi to the listeners of I Don't Care.
1: Hey, everybody. Sick on bears.
0: (laughs) Sick and bears. There you go. (laughs) Uh, Amanda is the attorney for Keller Independent School District, and Keller is just north of Fort Worth, Texas. It's one of the suburbs there. And full disclosure, I know a little bit about Keller ISD. Okay, I might know a lot about Keller ISD because my wife was a teacher there for many years, and both of my girls graduated from high schools in Keller, And I was also on the school board for six years and served as president for two years. So you could say that I might know a little bit about Keller ISD. (laughs) So that's why I called Amanda, because I really wanted to talk about how public schools responded and kind of their decision-making processes around COVID-19. So Amanda, I've set you up. So there you go. So uh, (laughs) I think uh, let's start off for my listeners. Let's talk a little bit. Tell us a little bit about Keller ISD.
1: Sure. Uh, As you mentioned, it's a suburban district just north of Fort Worth. Uh, We have just over 36,000 kids, or right around 36,000 right now. Um, We have 42 campuses, and we stretch um, pretty much between Northwest ISD and South Lake Carroll. So a good chunk of that north Fort Worth area.
0: Okay. And I do remember Keller ISD encompasses nine cities.
1: We do. Parts
0: of nine. Uh Yeah. Yeah. See, I I didn't forget that. It hasn't been that long. So (laughs) so anyway, so in in a public school district, talk a little bit about the decision making process involving administration, the superintendent, the, the school board, things like that.
1: Sure. Um, Well, for us, particularly with this situation, uh, we were on spring break last week. So the week of uh, the the week before. Oh, that's great. Yeah, Um, Yeah, really. So uh, we in these kinds of situations, we always work very closely with our um, health officials, the county health officials specifically um, and the health department had a conference call with all of the superintendents in tarrant county on friday the 13th as fate would have it.
0: <laughs> how <laughs> prophetic yeah there you go um,
1: and it was their strong recommendation that our schools close for two weeks at that point uh, they asked us whenever our spring break was to extend by two weeks uh, the thinking being that if we had 14 days anybody who was infected would be symptomatic by that point Um, so that that was the initial thinking and we followed tarrant county's uh, recommendation and we're happy to do so we we know that kids tend to be germy and they share germs with each other when we're closely compacted in school buildings Uh, so certainly to help the community and to try to stop the spread we were we were happy to close.
0: Well, okay. Once once you talked uh, with the health department and, and heard their recommendation, then what did you guys do as an administrative team?
1: Uh, we did not panic, which I will say. That's good. That's good. That's <laughs> good. Uh, we hung up with the health department. Uh, all of the superintendent's cabinet listened in to that call, um, and immediately had a cabinet meeting uh, by Zoom. we we, we are best friends with Zoom right oh, now. Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. Oh, <laughs> yeah. So we Zoomed in and we started the em- emergency management plan, which we, we had one in place, and began just the communication process to our family so they knew they wouldn't be returning on Monday um, and started trying to move the wheels to figure out how we educate 30, 36,000 kids with varying levels of needs um, online and It's been nonstop since, since the morning of Friday, February the 13th.
0: Wow. That's incredible. So, so, so talk about some of the, some of the things that you did have to consider, obviously, you know, online learning, but what else did you have to think about?
1: Sure. Actually, before we even talked about learning, we discussed how we were going to start feeding the kids. Yeah. Uh, We have a, a pretty good population that's free and reduced lunch in our district, and we know that it's very likely will be the only hot meal they get in a day. Uh, yeah. So first and foremost was trying to figure out what we were going to do to feed the kids. So um, we were up and running Monday morning, um, and we served uh, just under a 1,000 meals that first day. Um, and today is Wednesday the 18th, and we fed just over 2,300 kids today.
0: Okay. Um, so, so how are you? How are you doing that? Are they coming in? Are you are you taking it to them? What
1: uh, we had a little bit of a discussion about what this was going to look like. We knew we couldn't allow them in the building because that would defeat the purpose of the social distancing and, and protecting the community. So, we have done a drive-through service where our <laughs> our cafeteria workers uh, prepare in batches and we box them up, take them outside, and literally just lines of cars almost like morning drop-off at a school. They line up and we have 11 campuses that are serving and they in and out. We've, we serve from 11 to 1 right now and we're adding breakfast um, probably next week. So uh, apparently the the lines are moving swiftly and as long as there's a kid in the car we'll give them a meal. So it's, go, it's going pretty well but that was our that was quite literally our first um, decision was how are we going to feed them on Monday?
0: Yeah. Yeah. I would imagine that, you know, that was a, it's amazing that you were able to turn that around over the weekend too. That's pretty cool.
1: <laughs> I was pretty impressed with that too. Our, uh, cafeteria staff is amazing. Um, shout out to Sodexo because they really did turn it around quickly and, uh, were able to get it up and running in no time.
0: Yeah. You know, all of us have disaster plans kind of set, but this is like nothing any of us have ever faced. uh, We have morning huddles at my hospital and, you know, we're a Catholic organization. So we have a a reflection and a prayer. And and I made the comment today, we we have a staff member literally at our hospital who's been there for 48 years. And I said, none of us have seen anything like that, this, including Debbie. And so, you know, all, yeah. And so all of us are really, you know, it's not like we're making things up on the fly, but we're making things up on the fly.
1: We absolutely are. I, I remember H1N1, we met, we had calls with the health department, but there was never even a close to a recommendation that we quit, that we close down the buildings. So this is truly unprecedented. And um, we're really fortunate that we're in a time in society where so many have technology capacity that it's made that transition much, much easier.
0: You know, uh, I was thinking about that, too, because I, I look back in my first year or two on the on the school board, and I was first elected in 2007, and I remember one of the first things that we talked about was, okay, if a kid brings a phone to the class, we've got to pick it up, and, it, and they have to pay $15 to get their phone back, and then six years later, whenever I started, whenever I, I left the board, we were talking about how do we integrate smart technology Mm -hmm. cell phones ipads into curriculum and so you know it's amazing how fast things change Mm -hmm. and and fortunately for us in this instance you know that was a great change so so okay so we've talked about feeding the kids what now tell tell our listeners a little bit about you know what you had to do to set up uh online learning
1: Sure, Uh, our first battle on that was to ensure that all our families did have technology. Um, So we're in the process, and this is still happening at the moment, of trying to determine which families need devices, which families need MyFi cards, um, making sure they have online capacity, and even frankly, some of our staff, are, um, particularly our paraprofessionals, may not be ready with the technology they need. So we're in the process of making those determinations, and then we will likely pass out technology, less, just like we're passing out meals. They'll show up and we'll pass them through windows. Um, and once we get all that accomplished, um, so technology's been working on that side, while curriculum instruction has been working on the the movement towards online. Um, we're fortunate we'd already had some courses that had moved to an online structure. So we had a little bit of a framework prepared for that. Um, some of our high schools had already moved to Canvas um, for a lot of their instruction and our younger kiddos have been starting using Google Classrooms um, a little bit more, well, some more of our progressive teachers had been going that way. So we had a little bit set up, the trick was moving everyone, um, regardless of their technical capacity over. So curriculum and instruction um, personnel have been working literally around the clock since Friday um, to set up a portal, a web, an internal web page with templates and scope and sequence materials and uh, sample lesson plans. And um, we're doing a lot of uh, video examples and lessons on how to use Zoom with a classroom and uh, just different options for how to make this work. Um, and it's, it's been pretty incredible to see all of it pull together so quickly, but it's been a combined effort of all the departments and all the, the various administrators, uh, really just grinding in and making it happen.
0: See, that's, re- that's really cool. So, you know, I'm trying to think of some of the classes that just won't translate well to technology. You know, I'm thinking about like chemistry labs, biology labs, things sure. like that. So You know, you're going to be focusing, obviously, a lot more on uh, just, you know, virtual textbook learning, I guess. Um, I'll
1: tell you, though, maybe not. We're having virtual field trips, and uh, we're doing videos of science experiments, and even fine arts has dove in in deep, and we have... Performances on Flipgrid, and we we are making it happen.
0: Okay, now you're starting to use language I don't even have a clue about <laughs> Flipgrid. Well, you know, times have changed in the seven years since I left the board. Obviously, yeah, because that was something I was going to ask about. Okay, if you've got, you know, if you're in the band or or choir or something mm-hmm. like that, but you know uh, i guess everybody can just upload their own youtube videos and get somebody that can really do a lot of editing and put everything together i don't know sure. just a thought yeah, yeah. Uh,
1: <laughs> just a crazy me. thought there another logistical issue was kids that didn't take their instruments oh yeah for spring break didn't have them yeah and they really wanted to practice so we did that just like we do the meals show up at your high school tell us your name we'll go pull your instrument and pass it through the put it in your trunk or pass it through the window and we've got the instruments in the hands of the kids and we did that on Saturday so it's it's been moving fast but we think we're getting there
0: wow okay so okay so we've talked about food we talked about instruction what about uh you know I know Keller ISD has a phenomenal uh special education program so how are you dealing with with those kids in this kind of environment
1: that's funny that you say that just today we had a Massive Zoom call with 145 people in it um, with our special ed department, just talking through how are we going to handle this? Um, So we've got needs from medically fragile kiddos um, all the way up to just, um, I don't want to say basic, but learning disabled kids who just need a little extra help. Um, So there's a wide wide array of students we serve Um, so we're talking through uh, can we provide speech therapy online absolutely can can we do counseling of course we can Um, but once you get to physical therapy occupational therapy those become harder Um, and some of our kids require intensive data tracking and we can't necessarily expect our parents to do that so how, how do what does that look like and um We're also figuring out how do you have board meetings uh, or special education staff meetings online. Um, How do we get the parents um, to be able to do that with us. And then we also have a lot of evaluations uh, that are either in the process right now or or will need to be done. So how do you evaluate a kid when you can't be in the same room with them. And those are the obstacles we're facing. Um, We're getting information from the federal and state government a little bit at a time. It's kind of seeping in and um, which is good and bad. We appreciate the guidance. Um, but every time it changes it kind of shifts the plan a little bit um to make sure we're in compliance our our number one goal right now with our special ed population is to make sure they're served and then we'll figure out we'll figure out the logistics and yeah, paperwork exactly. later but we're just doing our very best to make sure they get the services they deserve
0: okay uh okay from from a say a, a health standpoint a school nursing standpoint uh, do y'all, well, yeah. Do y'all serve kids that, you know, may not be in the special ed program, but you know, the school nurses is an integral part of, of their lives. Uh, sure. how's that working out? Well, right now we
1: have nurses deployed at every meal location because they're screening, um, child nutrition workers before they're allowed to work. Uh, we, we certainly don't want them passing the virus if we can at all help it. Uh, so some of them are really busy right now. And then we've had kids uh, who left medication in the nurse's office because they expected to come back on Monday. So we've been in the process of figuring out how to get insulin back to kids. How do we get inhalers back to kids? Um, and we're doing the pickup process on that as well. Um, so it's it's there's just a lot of logistics on that. The nurses have been invaluable in the conversations uh, with special ed and, and just trying to figure out um, how we can take care of our staff as well as our students in this situation because our staff, many of them are still having to show up uh, to cook meals, clean the building. Um, the mail doesn't just stop. So so somebody's got to collect the mail. Somebody has to sort it.
0: So, so true. there's some just yeah.
1: mission critical people that are still in the buildings. And frankly, we still got to pay our bills. So um, some of the finance folks are still up there and we just have to clean behind them uh, faithfully. So it's it's been an ongoing learning opportunity to figure out how we keep doing business as much as you can at home, but some things just still have to be done in, in that physical space.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And, and that's kind of the same thing with us on the hospital environment. People think, well, everybody in the hospital needs to be there. Well, you know, we've got a lot of, a lot of business people. And as you said, a lot of finance people yeah. who can do their jobs from home. And so we've, what we've tried to do is we've tried to, uh, eliminate or or try to mitigate the risk as much as we can for Mm -hmm. the non-clinical people. Uh, and so we're, and we're kind of in the same boat. You guys are, we're, we're in midst, in the midst of evaluating that and trying to decide on, okay, what technologies do people need? What softwares do they need on their, on their, uh, work laptops that they've been taking home, but you know, it's not translating well for them at home. Sure.
1: Sure. We also have a lot of human resources issues, and uh, you you have to figure out if your non-exempt employees are working, how do we keep track of making sure they don't go over 40 hours or at least they're tracking all their time. And we don't know, what do you do when you're closed but still getting paid? If you're not able to provide instruction or not able to do your job because you're ill or, or whatever, do you take a personal day? And there's just a lot of... Unique situations that we're having to figure out what that looks like in this new environment.
0: Yeah. And and you, you hit the nail on the head. It's a new environment. Like I said, nobody's been through anything like this before. You know, I I use the, the not even a comparable example, but, but nine 11. And you know, unless you were in the, the specific areas affected, uh, clinically we were back in business. I mean, we never stopped. And, and we were back to a clinical norm within a day or two. Uh, this we don't we don't have a clue when normal will be if normal ever returns.
1: Yeah, that's part of the difficulty for us right now is we just don't have any clear indication, and it's because no one does of when we will be able to go back. But like, we don't have any doubt at some point we will go back into buildings and have traditional school. Uh, but it, it we just don't know if it's going to be weeks, months, next year. We we don't know so we're also struggling with what do you do for all those like rite of passage things for seniors we know how crushing it is that you'd miss prom and graduation um so it's really a matter of trying to figure out what that looks like and how can we still honor and honor traditions but do it in a completely different way that's safe for the community
0: yeah you know that's exactly right yeah uh well, I know down here, now that I'm back in God's country in Waco, <laughs> Texas, near near Baylor University, Sick and Bears. Uh, you know, Baylor has already uh, said that uh, the rest of this semester will be all online and graduation mm-hmm. ceremonies are canceled for May and any May graduates who do want to walk can walk in August. And so, you know, Everybody, everybody's trying to adapt as best they can. So, okay. So, so we've talked about three pretty big topics or four pretty big topics so far. Anything I've missed any, you know, anything else that y'all really had to, or or that you've really had to spend a lot of time thinking about?
1: Uh, Our board meetings.
0: (laughs) Uh Oh, those could have been virtual years ago. I'm just saying. Okay, so 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 what are y'all what are y'all doing on board I meetings? Practicing social distancing? Maybe having everybody in you know yeah. along the walls or something. Well,
1: our, we thought about it. Our first one is Monday, this next Monday, the 23rd, okay. and we have uh, decided to go completely digital. Uh, the attorney general has lifted some of the restrictions regarding um, people being at the location of the meeting, um, but it's tricky because we're still required to take public comments. So we're, we're, we're yeah. toying with trying to figure out how that happens and how do you not subject the public to a health crisis, but still enable them to, to talk to those that, that, that represent them in the school system. So, um, we're, we're thinking creatively and we're going to, we're going to get there, but it has taken, uh, and I'm a lawyer. So for me, it's taken, it's taken an inordinate amount of time. <laughs> um, and then there are just some things that we need the superintendent to have the authority to do. So we have to do some resolutions regarding declaring an emergency. And um, we have public information requests that are pending and we can't get into the building to find the records. So things like that are causing us a little bit of consternation. Yeah. And since we closed on Friday, we received two subpoenas. Oh,
0: good. So yeah.
1: I'm, I'm trying, I'm trying the to courts never
0: stop. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't
1: yet, so I'm trying to figure out how do we get records and people to courts while we're closed, and it's just, it, it's it, it's a very interesting and academically challenging uh, way of thinking about things in a whole new way, and uh, it's sure energizing, you d- I'm not sleeping a whole lot, but we, we're getting it done, and it's, it's much like building the airplane while it's flying, but...
0: Oh, that's, that's a good the, analogy. Wow.
1: <laughs> we're, we're hanging on to the wings, but we'll get Boy. there.
0: Well, that's very good. Yeah. You know, uh, people ask me, well, how are you doing? And I said, you know what? This is what I live for. I, I like <laughs> I like the crisis. Day-to-day operations is always fun. But, you know, when you've really got to mm-hmm. start thinking creatively and, and then you see teamwork and culture uh, at its sure. finest. You know, whenever, whenever everybody's pushed up against the wall, uh, you really see, uh, you really see the good rise in everybody. Absolutely.
1: I definitely work better under pressure. So this is, yeah, this is a nice spot for me, but I ain't got a lot of exhausted. I need a weekend.
0: (laughs) I bet. I bet. Yeah. No kidding. Uh, so any final thoughts, Amanda? Um,
1: I, I, the only thing I would say is I can't tell you how proud I am of our educators. Uh, they are showing up, they are reaching out to kids to make sure they feel comforted. Um, they're reading to them on Zoom meetings and on Facebook, and um, they're, they're trying things that are uncomfortable for them in terms of technology. And I, it's just inspiring to see how hard they're working, which makes us work even harder to support them. But um, I, I don't think that people always see how critical the school system is until moments of crisis when you realize how much they provide, until you realize how many kids we feed and how much medical support we su- provide, how much even psychological support we provide for many of our kids. So um, that's another thing, our intervention counselors are working overtime trying to make sure the kids that are uh, just facing mental health issues are cared for right now, but it's it, it's inspiring to see how hard they're working. Um, sometimes even uh, probably neglecting their own families a bit uh, but it's uh, I, I want everybody to feel comfort in knowing we're doing everything we can to, to make this as normal as it can
0: be and and that you know you're exactly right uh, you know kudos to everybody uh, all the teachers and all the administrators and the support staff uh, and do me a favor tell all of my friends at Keller ISD how much I miss them and tell them hi for me
1: oh I sure will we miss you too
0: okay Amanda Bigby thanks so much for joining us on I Don't Care
1: you're so welcome thanks
0: okay bye so I hope you uh, you agree with me that that was incredibly fascinating and frankly it was it was it was pretty uplifting too you know we we tend to forget uh oftentimes how uh, how heroic our teachers are and our folks who work in public education and so just hearing some of the some of the things that they had to deal with and how quickly they implemented this i mean that was just amazing that they were able to start feeding a thousand kids virtually within about uh, two and a half days and uh uh, so uh, I'm, I'm really excited to, to know and, and I'm very proud to have been uh, a part of Keller ISD for as long as I was. And so, uh, you know, next time you see, uh, you see any of your teacher friends, I was going to say hug them, but, you know, maybe give them a, a high five, uh, kind of an air high five or, or an elbow bump or something like that. But just let them know how much you appreciate them. so. Uh, next week, we'll be continuing, uh, more, uh, discussion about COVID-19. I'm lining up some really interesting guests for the next couple of weeks. Uh, hey, you guys are already hanging out at home, right? Most of you are working from home, practicing social distancing. Uh, I hate to say it, you know, some of you, it may not be a big change for you, this social distancing. So maybe when all this is, is over with, you need to get out more, uh, you know, make some more friends. But uh, anyway, so with that uh, wonderful bit of advice, uh, this is Kevin Stevenson. I really appreciate you listening to I Don't Care, and we will talk to you again next week.